T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I don't think we can go back in time, but we will a little bit today on the show. Welcome in. It is a Thursday. I'll repeat again. It's a Thursday edition. That's right. Along with Bob Fesco, I'm Josh Klingler, Brian Williams, beat up producing. Uh, the uh, the the three of us have, have noticed as the week has gone on, we have not really known what the day was. No, I have no clue. No and clue. Uh, some of our our Wednesday features may air today. That's right. Maybe, maybe so. Because <laughs> we, yep. we might have forgotten them yesterday. That's right. Hey, you you started this week. I off, did. Man. I, I, you set I us got all you, on the wrong track. I got you two on the on the wrong foot by uh, by oversleeping on Tuesday. Right. And uh, yeah, been right we've been since. playing we've been playing catch up ever since. <laughs> we really have. But been, as, yeah. it, it was funny as the day as the day evolved yesterday. Well, one, I think we discovered something right after the show. Like, what are we doing? We didn't do this today. We don't really right. do this on Wednesdays. And then there was a random text from B Dub <laughs> middle of the afternoon. He goes, guess what else we forgot? <laughs> like, oh yeah, yesterday. Yeah, today was Wednesday. Oh, that was wasn't supposed it? to be yesterday too. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll do I our totally power rankings. Forgot about that too. We'll I'm do sitting our power rankings today. Our random power. Rankings, those normally on a Wednesday. Oh, and uh, a terrific edition of These Stories is Real with Dan Israel. That's right. Uh, discussing the uh, the Raiders and Raider Week, and that normally airs on Wednesdays, too. Oh, my to- God. We totally forgot it at all. Totally, Sit- totally. Sitting in my office working yesterday afternoon, I'm looking, and I'm like, all right, putting together, coming up with topics. We're trying to think on the random power rankings yeah. for today, right? I think I came up with a good one, I think. I sent out a tweet yesterday about this, and it got some good response, so maybe we'll do it because – Quite honestly, we were going to talk about New Year's resolutions, yeah. and that's it. it it's yeah. already the fifth, man. Yeah. we got to move on from that. Hey, Happy um, New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Hey, Happy New Year. Um, so here's here's what you I was... you got one more day. Yeah, one more day. <laughs> you got, you, I give you to the 15th. Yeah. You, you got to the cinder block on the 13th to tell everybody Happy New Year. We'll see people there we haven't seen yet this year, obviously. Um, so you can say Happy New Year that night, but after that, we're done. Um, but but I, I sent out a tweet yesterday because, you, you know, like half the battle of being a parent is getting your kids to do things. Right. And how much less stress you would have as a parent if you just did it yourself. But, you know, you know, you want your kids to suffer from affluenza as the term was floating around yesterday. You want them to learn how to do things for themselves. And there's one chore that we ask our kids to do. And and, and, that's it. One chore. That's all you got to do is one thing. Do you think they do it? No chance. No, No. not a chance. Right. Do you know what that one chore is? Dishwasher. That's exactly right. Unloading the dishwasher. Right. Well, there's more than one. No. What do you mean? There's more than <laughs> there's more than one. They ain't doing. Oh yeah. Well, no, they're not doing, no matter what it is yeah. that you ask, but this yeah. is ours, yeah. right? Yeah. Is, 
empty the dishwasher. When the dishwasher's done, all we ask is you put the stuff away. And I've timed myself doing it. I can unload the dishwasher in about three minutes flat. Call it a day. That's including the silverware. Put it away. It's amazing how much you can accomplish when you set a timer and you think something takes forever. And then you look up, you're like, that only took 30 seconds. You know? So, um the dishwasher thing is it's not a long process, but it's a hateful process. Nobody well, especially likes that thing if you've asked four times, it takes way longer than the oh, 30 seconds done. to just unload it. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you had the conversations of don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today, just get it done? Not in that, you know, not the, the poster version. Yeah, because no. I'm, I'm having those. So I don't want to do it. We'll get it done. I mean, the time that we talked about you picking up your it'd socks. Be and you, yeah, we, I've done that done. before. Like, we would have been over if you yeah. just done it. If you just done yeah. it, it's yeah. over and move yeah. on. So so maybe we will power rank the worst chores to do around the house. Because I found myself in that mindset last night after 10 times of asking them to empty the dishwasher. The other dishes starting to pile up that needed to go in the dishwasher. I did it, and I always seemingly do it. Not that it's a big deal, but I hate unloading the dishwasher. And, it's, and my wife hates unloading the dishwasher. I think most people hate unloading the dishwasher. And it's a task. It's just easy enough. It's they should be able to do it. It's easy enough. Just pile the dishes here. If you can't reach, I'll put the dish away. Yeah, just yeah. take the stuff out of the and dishwasher. Put one more dirty dish in the sink when the dishwasher is ready to load. I'm going to. Oh, I know. It's right. ready to go. And, and then so, so yesterday, I'm cleaning up the kitchen. I started to mop the floor because it's wet. It's muddy. The dog, right? For the first time ever. My daughter looks at me. She goes, I need to put my dish in the dishwasher. I said, right now. Right now. Do. I right said, now right do. now you yeah. do. I said, yeah. now you you're 13. You have not put a dish in the no. dishwasher in 13 years. And now because I'm mopping the floor and the floor is wet, you decide that now is the right time to go out there and put the dish in the dishwasher. I mean, timing is everything with mm-hmm. the kids, right? So mm-hmm. so maybe we'll power rank our household chores that we hate the most. Because- we will power rank coming up Whew. at uh, 7 o'clock and this week's random power rankings as well. Normally on a Wednesday. <laughs> Today for you on a on a Thursday. We were all mess. And, and yesterday, I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was Thursday. <laughs> I thought we were going into Friday today. Like the whole week has just been jacked up. Thanks for screwing you us. Bet. Way to go, you bet. Yeah. You bet. Uh, the uh, in a way, the NFL lucked out. We look at today; it's Thursday again, as we've noticed allegedly. And uh, they're lucky they didn't have a Thursday night game yeah. scheduled right about yeah. now, aren't they? They are. Yeah, Bought them a little more time. Yep. Exactly, to figure out what they're going to do moving forward. Yeah, because if there was a Thursday night game tonight, I don't know that the Thursday night game gets played. Good chance I I think it doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't think the Thursday night game gets played because I, I, I still, when you, when you hear from folks around the league, there are still a lot of players, a lot of coaches that are still grasping with the situation. Kind of in the fog. Yeah, and, and they should be. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. again, this is something that still happened, what, 72 hours ago. I mean, this yeah. is still something that is new, that is fresh, that a lot of people, you know, are dealing with trying to figure out how to deal with. I mean, when you're a 25 year old athlete, I, and and I know we talked about this a little bit the other day, but there was uh, I, I think it was Ryan Clark on ESPN that said when I was 24 years old, I never even thought about dying. Like I didn't know I could die at the age of 24. And I think that's the way most athletes are, especially football players who are out there. You Heck, know, I think that's most 24. Most 24 year olds, yeah, exactly. You know? Right when you were 24, do you think you'd ever die or could be in those situations? No, no you didn't because you're, you didn't have any life experiences. Then. Yeah. yeah. And, and so when I heard Ryan Clark say that on ESPN, I was like, wow, that really puts it into perspective. And I think it does for a lot of athletes because their whole lives are invincible. They're better than everybody else. They're faster than everybody else. They're stronger than everybody else. You don't think something like that is going to happen to an athlete. And then it does. And it's like, whoa, that didn't just send shockwaves through Buffalo. That sent shockwaves, I'm sure, through every sports organization in the world going, 
wow, I can't believe something like that happened. And so people are still trying to gather their thoughts, their feelings, and, and, and their mood. And each day that goes on, it's going to start the healing process for a lot of folks. But, yeah, if you're playing Thursday night and you're an NFL team having to play on Thursday night after witnessing that on Monday night, I would think it would be almost impossible to go out there and play today. Yeah. Um, DeMar Hamlin, according to uh, NFL Network and other reports, remains in the ICU, remains in critical condition. Uh, with signs of improvement. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how definitive anybody feels about that at this point in time, right? There's still a lot of question marks involving um, his status. And then you saw kind of around the league, the vibe I felt was every team had meetings and every position group got together and every, and there was a lot of discussion that wasn't, this is what the game plan is for Sunday or Saturday. Right. It didn't was, feel like that there was a there was some of that probably at, at various stages, but there was a lot of other stuff that doesn't normally happen in their very regimented work week. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, having the little pause and not having it again, not having a game tonight. And I think even as we get to Saturday, I think the questions are, I don't, I don't know that how much is going to resolve by the time we get to Saturday. Right. Um, it feels like that the league's just kind of in an uncertain state. Well, it's not even Saturday. It's you guys are leaving Friday, right? Correct. For, well, I mean, you know, so, I'm saying travel aside. Yeah, but no, but, but I'm just thinking like yeah, tomorrow you guys yeah. are leaving for a game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the yeah. Chiefs are leaving for a game tomorrow. There's another game on on Saturday. Teams are leaving. Is it in Jacksonville or Nashville? I don't remember where it is. One of those teams is traveling tomorrow. Jacksonville, I believe. Okay, so so, so the Titans will be traveling tomorrow. I mean that that's that's you know 24 hours from now. 30 hours from now, everybody's going to be getting on planes yeah. and traveling all over the country going, is this the right thing to do? I mean, it just it just happened a few days later and, and, and before, but I'm still sure there's going to be players, there's going to be coaches in, in all organizations that are going, I don't know that we should be out here playing in this game. I don't know that we're ready to go out here and play in that game. And if you sense as a coach that your team isn't mentally ready to go out there and play an NFL game, how do you put them in harm's way? and go out there and play an NFL game. Because if you're not mentally ready to go, man, you're putting your body at risk. Zach Taylor spoke yesterday, Cincinnati's uh, head coach, and obviously he and uh, Sean McDermott, I think, were uh, fantastic in their leadership on, on Monday night. Um, and then Taylor, I think, kind of verified what I, I know I felt, mm -hmm. and I'm sure a lot of people felt when they saw basically Sean McDermott break down and cry. Yeah. And, and that was the point where like, whoa, he's not ready to lead this team. His players can't possibly be ready to play this game. Um, and he noted how McDermott is there for his guys. When I got over there, uh, the first thing he said was, I need to be at the hospital tomorrow and I shouldn't be coaching this game. And so that to me provides all the clarity because there were, there was no, uh, unprecedented is the word that gets thrown out a lot about this situation because that's what it is. Uh, but in that moment, he really uh, showed who he was, that that all his focus was just on DeMar and being there for him, and being there for his family at the hospital. And and at that point, um, I think everybody everything trended in the, in the direction it needed to trend and the right decisions were made there. But, um, again, just, just uh, the way that I, I really felt Sean McDermott led in that moment for his players. He was there for his players. He, he processed the right way, which is incredibly difficult. And uh, – and really helped us get to the the solution that we needed to get to. Um, I think was was really good. So um, that's 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 really um, all I have about the situation. 
Um, again, the, the thoughts and prayers should be with Jamar and his family, the support with the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, we've got people on our team that are affected that knew Damar from high school, Cal Adamitis. Tyler Boyd played with him. Plenty of guys are around him in the offseason that had relationships with him. And um, so we'll continue to support those guys and our players and our team. Uh, but again, a lot of support goes to the Buffalo Bills and, and Damar and his family. Leaders right there. Yeah, those two coaches, no question, man. No question they, about it. They they move up a, a notch in my, my leadership scale. Yeah, like Zach <laughs> Taylor. We were wondering after last year, is Zach Taylor a good football coach? Well, he took a team to a Super Bowl. That's pretty good. Let's see what he does in this, you know, this repeat season. And he's got his team on the cusp again of being one of the best teams in the AFC and then dealing with that and listening to what he had to say there. That, that's what a leader does. They take over situations. And I, I think without the leadership of, of really Zach Taylor, I, I won't even put Sean McDermott into this category because of how emotional he was. But once he told Zach Taylor, I got to go to the hospital, I can't be coaching this game, that's when Zach Taylor said, this game's over. Zach Taylor was the guy who canceled that game on Monday and said, we're not playing this thing anymore as far as I'm concerned. It wasn't the NFL. They had their guys out there getting ready to warm up. I mean, Joe Burrow's throwing passes and warming up because the NFL told them, hey, it's time to play the game. And Sean uh, McDermott goes, I, I got to be at the hospital. I can't be coaching football. And Zach Taylor goes, right, we're done. We're out. We're out of this one. And, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, we're not playing. No, yeah. we're done. We're, we're out of here on this one. And you got to appreciate Zach Taylor for doing something like that because I don't know that Sean McDermott would have done that or maybe he would have gone to the hospital and left somebody in charge like Leslie Frazier or something to be in charge of the team or whatnot because the NFL is trying to make them play this game. And Zach Taylor goes, no, we're done, man. We're, we're, we're bouncing out of this thing. There is no reason to continue this game. It's time to start thinking about the human side of things. And Zach Taylor, rightfully so, saved the NFL from really big embarrassment. Uh, when we, we again, side note, we, we always talk about the coach-quarterback combos. Yeah, we got two right. more, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Those coaches have emerged now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sean, Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor yep. have emerged, yeah. We check in on this week's foe with uh, former Chief Mark McMillan, who now covers the Raiders. Ew. Yeah, no. Well, you know, eh, you he lives, check, he lives right? out there yeah, now. Still, true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as the uh, the move on from Derek Carr is fully underway, we'll hear from Mark next. Fesco in the morning. <laughs> Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Six Ten is doing another playoff beer. Join us at Cinderblock Brewing, North Kansas City, Friday, January thirteenth. A week from tomorrow, tomorrow. Josh. Yeah. On a Thursday. That's right. I was doing the math. I'm like, today's the fifth. Tomorrow's the sixth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Tomorrow. Whatever day it is. Good grief. Uh, a week from tomorrow, Friday the thirteenth. Starting at six, we will tap the uh, playoff pilsner. It comes. Uh, it's a lot early to start drinking on a Friday, it, it, isn't it? Uh, six a.m. Oh, my uh, God, it should uh, should come a lot sooner at this point. Uh, six p.m. Oh, come on out for the uh, release party at Center Block Brewing, North Kansas City. Hope to see you there next Friday, starting at six, as we get set for the postseason with another playoff beverage. Damn, I thought you and I were going to be down there early, getting the first sips off this keg at six a.m. I thought no, that'd be a lot no, of fun. No. We can we can swing that though, can't we? Yeah, I think so. All right. I mean, there were. I, I I haven't heard this year. Last year there were testers. Remember, there were. That's right. Ahead of time, of couple couple people right. here were getting the uh, the sneak peek. I was like, why? why? Nobody, nobody yeah. invited us. No. I would have done that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiefs and Raiders coming up on Saturday, three thirty. The kickoff on one hundred six five. The Wolf pregame coverage gets underway at uh, noon on the Wolf. The Raiders are a different Raider team than we saw way back when on in week, what, five? They have moved on from Derek Carr. Now Jared Stidham is the quarterback. Mark McMillan, former chief, now working out in Vegas covering the Raiders, and it certainly sounds like it's a different vibe all of a sudden. Um, everybody's just up in, uh, up in arms, you know. Um, we kind of kind of seen it play out, you know, the last couple of weeks. Uh, if you watched the game last week, uh, with Stenham at quarterback, it was a totally different offense. Um, you know, obviously, uh, to Derek Carr's, you know, defense, he never had all his receivers uh, playing at one time. Um, you know, and then the last game, obviously, he had all his receivers in Pittsburgh, but it was too late. You know, the writing was on the wall. And just, you know, from, you know, just sources inside the media, um, that was his final interview per take from the owners uh, and the head coaches. And you just never felt like they felt – Derek Carr was the guy just going to the press conferences and, you know, early in the season, throwing Derek under the bus, um, you know, and Derek just stayed, stayed true to himself and never, uh, uh, never talked about the organization, um, you know, but I just don't think they uh, bought into Derek Carr. Um, you know, it seems like they bought into Stenham because he was the guy from New England. He's Josh's guy. Um, he's a young guy, um, you know, out of Auburn. He knows the offense well. 
as you saw it uh, last week against the 49ers, who have one of the best defenses in the National Football League, and he pretty much shredded them up for, you know, 30-some points. So has Tom Brady purchased a house yet in Vegas, or is he just still looking for a house out in Las uh, Vegas now? I hope he purchases one, you know, and I hope he reaches out to my to my wife because she's a realtor here in <laughs> Vegas. So maybe, you know, maybe she can get a cut. Maybe she can get a cut of that uh, that that uh, that that down payment. But you know, I know the talks are strong about Tom Brady. I know they talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think that's that's an upgrade from Derek Carr. Um, obviously, you know, I'm sure Josh has a man crush on Tom Brady. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, it doesn't take a rocket science to look at the weapons that they have with Waller, uh, Devontae Adams, um, you know, Renfro, uh, Josh Jacobs. His contract is up at running back. He's, um, you know, he's in the running for the MVP. You know, he leads the league in rushing. Um, he's breaking all of Marcus Allen's records here uh, with the Raiders. So um, it's going to be, uh, you know, obviously, you know, um, Green Bay Packers quarterback, you know, his, his name came up as well, you know, but I don't, I don't think uh, Rodgers is leaving Green Bay because his cap hit will be way too much for Green Bay to swallow. So it's going to be pretty interesting, man. I'm sure if Brady was here, uh, they don't have an offensive line, to, I don't think, to entice Brady, but we all know when Tom Brady goes somewhere, offensive linemen jump in. It's almost like the transfer portal uh, to follow and play for Tom Brady. So, you know, looking at everything that's gone on out there, though, did they make a mistake with Josh McDaniels? Because, look, Mark, judging based on where Josh and I sit here in Kansas City, we look at Derek Carr like he's a really good quarterback. Did they make the mistake with McDaniels? Can't get out of his deal because they can't afford to buy him out, so now they're making the quarterback the scapegoat? I, I said that last week on the show. I thought Derek Carr was used as the scapegoat. Um, you look at the play calling, you look at some of the things that they've been running all year, um, just some of the decisions that the you know Josh has been making, uh, but they're stuck in it. You know they're they're stuck with Josh for another year at least with the contract they gave him. But if you look at the same pattern that happens in Denver, it's the exact same pattern that's happening here in Las Vegas. So there's nothing different. I don't see why Mark Davis didn't really uh, take a strong look at bring just bringing the coach back from last year. Those guys made it to the playoffs last year regarding. You know, with with the, with the Rudd situation going on, with the Gruden situation going on, those guys rallied around and had Cincinnati beat in the playoffs. And you know, so um, you know, Derek Carr is a talented quarterback. Uh, there's no doubt. You know, he makes some mistakes, uh, but I think he was playing behind the eight ball uh, for the last five weeks. You can just see it in his eyes, his body language uh, in the press conferences. It was just like it was like a defeated man. So is the belief that Mark Davis believes in Josh McDaniels? And if not, do you even bring in a quarterback anyway? <laughs> well, it, it, all the signs say he believes in him. You know, obviously he goes on radio. He goes on record, said, hey, Josh is our guy. Uh, we're behind him 100%. Um, you know, he's supposed to say that. Now, we know if Al Davis was alive, he would not be saying that. You know, <laughs> he would not wa watch this ship go down like this, uh, you know, and burn. You know, because they have a lot of talent on that roster. Um, you know, it's a playoff team uh, by the roster, but, you know, they just didn't get it done. Um, you look at the defensive coordinator, Frazier, who came over from the Giants, who had one of the worst defenses uh, the last couple of years in New York, and then they bring them here, and the defense didn't get any better. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of mistakes that they made, I think, in the coaching staff, uh, but I don't think uh, Mark Davis is going to come out and uh, publicly say it, you know. What does it mean for – Jerry Jones is saying, but I, Mark Davis will say it. <laughs> yeah, we're talking with Mark McMillan. What, is it, what does it mean, though, for Devontae Adams now, who came there because of Derek Carr? Does he want to get out? Um, he said he's, you know, he's riding with his guy. He just left it open like that. But, 
Um, you know, Devontae got a lot of money on the table. And I, I know him and Carr are buddies, uh, but, you know, they both got the bag. They both got a lot of money. Uh, but uh, I, I'm sure Devontae is frustrated. But if you watch uh, Devontae play all season long, you know, he's been a professional. Um, he's one of the top five receivers in the league, in my opinion, probably top two. Um, if you look at the film, I see him every week, uh, every Sunday, and some of the catches this guy is making is like unbelievable. Um, so, you know, Devontae Adams, um, I don't see him going anywhere. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be part of the decision who, what quarterback that they bring in. Um, you know, Stenon is a, a, is a good backup quarterback, you know, but he made a good case last week against the 49ers that he could, you know, he can be a, effective in this league. AFC West games involving the Chiefs have been close. Uh, do the Raiders have a chance to keep this one close again? You know, a lot of people counted them out uh, against the 49ers. And, you know, they had a chance to win the game. You know, uh, you know they uh, gold misses a field goal. Uh, you know, Stenham goes down, gets hit, and, the, you know, 49ers get an interception. Um, but like I said, when you have Josh Jacobs, one of the best running backs in the league, you have Devontae Adams, who opposes problems to any defensive back, uh, they're always in the game, and this is a rivalry game. Um, you know, obviously the Chiefs, uh, you know, want to try to lock up that home field advantage. Uh, the Raiders want to try to get get back from last time they played them in Arrowhead. They had a chance to win, uh, but you know, it'll be a close game because it's a division game, and um, I, I don't see the Raiders going to lay down, uh, especially after last week's performance against the Forty ers That's Mark McMillan. Our extended chat with uh, with Mighty Mouse coming up at eight twenty five today. Interesting note he mentioned about Devontae Adams. I don't know if you caught this yesterday, but Devontae had a, had a press conference, and, mm-hmm. well, one, he was not wearing Raider gear. No, I did, we were just looking wearing, at it now. He's got his Fresno State Fresno gear. State gear. Yeah. Uh, but then said he, uh, you know, he's, he's Derek Carr's buddy. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr's the reason he came to the Raiders, although he said he grew up wanting, wanting to be to a Raider. For the Raiders. Okay, sure. so again, yeah. he's from there. And that he'd basically like to be in the loop about the next quarterback. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> and I thought, we know where Josh McDaniels worked, right? New England, yes. I just don't feel like that, that there was always an open line of, like, communication about personnel. No, between, I, don't, uh, I don't even know that Brady had an open between, line. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't I don't. I, I just wouldn't count on it, Devontae, if I were you. Yeah. I just, you, might be, you might know after it's done. I don't know you're going to get. You're not going to get the heads a up. Lot of, yeah. A lot of, a lot of, hey, what do you thinks? But again, that's why Josh McDaniels is a loser. So you, you treat people the right way. Devontae Adams, a pretty big star on your team. Why wouldn't you bring him in? And just like they did with Mahomes, right? Whether you take the guy or not, you give the your star player the opportunity to feel like he's part of the process. Yeah. And you got Devontae Adams there because of his relationship with Derek Carr. Now Derek Carr is gone. Devontae Adams, arguably the biggest star on your team. Hey, man, what do you think of these guys? Give us your input. Make him feel loved. And if you can't do that as a head coach, your life as a head coach is not going to be very long. you got to know how to deal with people. I, quite frankly, don't think Belichick or Josh McDaniels know how to deal with people. One particular chief has actually been better than advertised. We'll get to that next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. The voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtus, drops by the show every Friday at 730, right here on 610 Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A lot of the time, it is very tough to live up to the hype. There's a particular chief, though, that has lived up to the hype. And he was probably overhyped at the start. Uh, yeah, I think of the way you phrase that is interesting. Yeah, right? yeah, I think so. Yeah, because we were we were told as training camp was getting underway. Stay. Watch out for this guy. Yeah, we're kind of like, OK. We'll see. I know I was definitely in the okay, okay, we'll see department. Because you don't often say, hey, keep an eye on this seventh round pick. From Rutgers. He might be a steal. Okay, we'll wait and see. But uh, Isaiah Pacheco's lived up to, again, I thought was maybe overhyped hype. Yeah. Or maybe uh, be careful hype. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you could be excited about it, but just let's pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, he has lived up to it and more. He's a, he he is uh, a, an unbelievable player, pound for pound, maybe the most valuable draft pick from this draft in all of the NFL based on where he was picked and what he has done, right? When you get production like this out of a seventh-round draft pick, uh, you can say, yeah, we won the draft. And, and I think pound for pound, dollar for dollar, what he's put out there and where he was drafted, again, best pick in the NFL, and there are numbers to back it up. He is the fifth leading rusher in the NFL this year through 17 weeks as as a rookie, as a seventh-round pick who came in behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who came in behind maybe Jarek McKinnon, maybe at one point in time Ronald Jones. You know, nobody knew where the depth chart was going to be stacked when this season started, but to be the fifth leading rusher out of all rookies with 766 yards, Isaiah Pacheco has done everything you possibly could have asked times a million for this organization. And Especially it's been great. When, when you had in the first six weeks, he had games where he had two carries, three carries, one carry, two carries. Yeah. And then took <laughs> right? advantage of an opportunity. And then right? obviously he's getting a, a lot more as the season has gone on, but it didn't exactly come, you know, firing out of the game no. with the, in, in terms of opportunities. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I know exactly where we fell in love with Isaiah Pacheco, where our eyes met and we looked at each other and little hearts came into our eyes. Training camp, that day where it rained, you and I had to go inside. Remember that day we were stuck out in the rain mm-hmm. and they canceled practice and they moved it inside and, and we went up to the indoor facility at Mo West and we're standing there on the sidelines. And I remember it was like, Isaiah Pacheco and like Jarek McKinnon and Ronald Jones and Clyde Edwards Alaire all kind of standing in a line uh, on the sidelines. And I remember looking at you going, oh, my God, look at number 10. Look how big his legs are. Look how like and then you looked at him like next to Clyde and you're like, oh, my God, it does like it doesn't even look the same. And I remember having a conversation with somebody in the organization. I'm like, I kind of like this number 10. And they're like, yeah, I was just, you know, talking to somebody about that as well. Like this guy may be pretty good. And and so it was kind of like on that rain day in camp where all of a sudden Isaiah Pacheco caught my eye and he's never left. And, and he's been a guy that I just love watching play. And I think he's done an amazing job. And what I want to know, and, and I, I guess I know the answer before going into this is that 
why don't we have as much love for Brett Veach for finding Isaiah Pacheco as we do for the hate of him missing on Breland Speaks? You know what I'm saying? Like, we rip general managers for their entire careers based on bad draft picks, right? We've done it with Carl Peterson. Clearly have done it with Dayton Moore in the past. Obviously, we've already done it with Brett Veach. And uh, all of those guys, with the exception of Carl, have won championships, right? And so we harbor and and dwell and talk about the Bubba Starlings of the world and the Breland Speaks of the world way more than we ever talk about, wow, Brett Veach did an amazing job right there in the seventh round to go out there and get Isaiah Pacheco. It's much easier to highlight misses. It really is. is. I mean, like, like it's, we're so quick to rip and so slow to praise. And what I, I was just thinking about, you know, with, with Isaiah Pacheco and what he's done this year, it's just another example, in, at least in my opinion, that the Chiefs are just such a good organization from top to bottom, right? From top to bottom, from ownership on down to the last guy on the roster, this organization is just so good and so strong. Like, I wouldn't trade this organization right now for anybody's organization. And I don't know, Josh, when you look at the organization from ownership down to the 53rd man on the roster, the 72nd guy with the practice squad, the way that it is right now, I just don't know that there's a true weakness on this team. There are nitpicking things, obviously, and no team in any sport at any time except the 72 Dolphins have ever been perfect. But I think you just look at this team right now and you got to think to yourself, my God, we are blessed as fans. And we got to keep reminding ourselves that because, you know, this week, last week, you know, fans have kind of been down on the way that the team has played and whatnot. And you know what? It doesn't matter until we get to January. It doesn't matter until we get to the postseason. But what does matter is that we're living in a time where we arguably have the best franchise in the NFL and there really isn't a weakness from top to bottom. They are so solid. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. These stories is real. Focus and finish. With Dan Israel. That game will forever stick in me. The longest tenured member of the Chiefs Radio Network. Brought to you by Physician Aesthetic Specialists. The Raiders have had various cities and stadiums as part of their history. In today's edition, Dan will compare and contrast their home venues. It's fascinating if you compare the, the stadiums that the Raiders have played in under my tenure. It started, they were in Los Angeles playing in the Coliseum. The Coliseum was built uh, maybe 1904 or 1924 or something like that a long time ago. It was an old stadium then, uh, and even through the renovations, it's still an old stadium. I never played there twice where the press box was in the same location. The first time I played there, the press box was about a four-foot-by-four-foot room and literally was barely large enough to hold two people, and there was a pole that went down the center of it. Now, it was a structural pole, not a pole for used for mm-hmm. other things. But nevertheless, who puts a pole in the middle of a room? Uh, I thought that was kind of strange. Shortly after that, the Northridge earthquake, I think, hit the Los Angeles area. Completely, uh, 
it made this the the press boxes unstable, and so they condemned those and they moved them to a, a location, a temporary location, out in the seating. And the next time, then they were in a more permanent location above the seating. And then I think one of the final times I played there, they they were actually press boxes that were like miniature trailers. Actually, the final time we played there was a few years ago. We played the Rams there, and the press boxes had been converted because USC was renovating the stadium and actually putting in, actually pouring new concrete, which was uh, really remarkable for such an old stadium. But uh, the the Los Angeles Coliseum was uh, probably the third worst stadium in California. Second worst was Candlestick for the 49ers. The absolute first worst was Oakland, where they would the Raiders would eventually move back to. There was nothing, there was no single redeeming value of the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. I, I don't know a single thing that I would say, well, at least it had that. It didn't even have enough elevator to move the people around that it needed to. And when Al Davis would arrive, they would shut down the elevator so that he didn't have to wait. It would backlog the press box by 20 minutes. And, and, and so just a trip down to the locker room and back was a 40-minute jaunt. It was ridiculous. It was the worst stadium. Uh, it, it had leaks in the roof, you know, which are, you know, scour Twitter, you can see pictures. Uh, it, the people that worked the stadium hated working it as much as we did. They just wanted out. I remember one time it was raining and they had a cable trough that went across the opening of the tunnel where the team would come out of. And there was a bunch of wires in that trough. Well, the one thing they didn't do with the trough was to punch holes in it so that it would drain water. So it would fill up and become basically a trough full of water with electric cables in it. What comes from that? Sparks. So you had players that would have to endure sparks shooting off these cables to get through the tunnel. And this wasn't pyrotechnics that the team was playing. These were actual sparks. It was the craziest thing. And they had the they tried to clean it up one year and they put this fake brick along the the wall to kind of cover the moldy concrete. That was great year one. Year two, it started to peel away. And then you had just, it was a disaster. So uh, without a doubt, Oakland wins this, the, the award for worst stadium. What's remarkable, what's remarkable about this story is the fact that the Raiders now play in what I would probably categorize as the nicest stadium in the league. Las Vegas Allegiant Field is, in my opinion, the nicest stadium. It's better than SoFi. It has more functional aspects to it. It's a better design. It's more plush. Uh, it's hard to imagine the Raiders having the best stadium because it it just was such it was such a deplorable situation for so very long. You've been there through the, I guess maybe the more true rivalry phase of Chiefs and and Raiders and the you know uh, Al and, and, the, and the Chiefs <laughs> brass. Do you have any kind of memories of? Of those encounters? Well, I do remember the, you know, with Lenny in the booth for so many years, it was always extremely interesting. And, you know, Al Davis, the players before the renovation at Arrowhead, the owner's suite, the visiting owner's suite was right next to our booth. So you, you know, the Davis entourage would arrive and, and there was always somebody in there, Freddie Bolitnikoff or, you know, Art Shell or, you know, somebody 
Gene Upshaw was in that booth that was part of the highly intense rivalry of the 60s. And finally, one day we're, we're standing there and Lenny and I are getting ready to go on the air. And who walks into the booth but Ben Davidson? And I had no idea whether what the reaction was going to be. As it turns out, Lenny and him had reconciled over the years and were friends. But when he first walked in there, I was like, I, I need a camera and a recorder on aisle two, please, right now, because this is about to be something. I had no idea. I didn't know whether it still existed. You know, for so many years, that was, gosh, I, I just talked with Willie and, and Jan and Mike Garrett and, and uh, Bobby Bell. It still rings out. That game still rings out to them as one of those games that they'll never forget because it cost them a division title. It cost them a chance to go to the Super Bowl just because of of the way that outcome of that particular regular season game. And that's part of what drives those rivalries. You know, I mean, it's kind of like the Bengals and the Chiefs. Is this going to be a rivalry where, you know, if we go up and and this regular season game impacts our ability to host another AFC championship, those are the kinds of things people remember. And when there's a dirty play involved, like there was for Ben Davidson spearing Lynn Dawson, uh, it, it gets all that much more intense. How much was Carl flamed by <laughs> by by a you know the, Carl Peterson and Marty both had such a love for uh, Lamar Hunt, and Carl was always very businesslike in his quote hatred for the Raiders. Marty was not. Marty was verbal about it. It was one of those things, you know, how high school rivalries are where they put up a clock to the the game when they're going to play Rockhurst or they're going to play Blue Springs or whatever it is. That was the way it was for Marty with the the Raiders. I mean, when it was Raider week, there was a whole different level of intensity to the preparation. Marty Schottenheimer legitimately hated Al Davis, and that hatred was rooted in the way that Al Davis treated Lamar Hunt personally. Not necessarily even the Kansas City Chiefs, but... Carl was involved in that and and supported it, but boy, did Marty Schottenheimer drive that, and uh, it permeated to its players. You know, Dana cracks me up every time we play the Raiders. He gets about as wound up as you can get before he said a single thing on the air, and it, it all stems back from the way Marty treated those uh, those games, those weeks. It was if there's one team you're going to beat in a season, it's these guys, and and so the black and gold or the black and silver were definitely. Uh, uh, you know, job one for the red, red, white, and gold. You know, we've all gotten younger and, and as a radio audience now. There's a lot of kids listening, a lot of people listening. What, what happened with Al Davis and, and uh, Lamar Hunt? Why did they hate each other? You know, a lot of it stems back to the AFL. Al Davis wanted a very specific kind of uh, collusion, a lawsuit. They, he wanted to uh, attack the NFL. When the AFL and NFL were separate leagues, the AFL uh, commissioner was Al Davis, and Al Davis very much wanted to attack the NFL, uh, much like his personality, right? I'm going to fight everybody. And so he wanted to fight the NFL for draft talent, for uh, Sunday afternoon television, for everything. Lamar was quite the opposite. He was the diplomat, and he wanted to, uh, he wanted to work it out. Well, Lamar... And I think Bud Adams, uh, the owner of the Oilers at the time, basically worked a deal with the NFL to merge behind Al Davis's back. And that kind of is what starts it all, right? 
Al Davis never forgives Lamar Hunt for that. And uh, one thing leads to another. And even though the leagues do eventually merge, and I think we can all agree was the better thing for the leagues, uh, much like the USFL and Donald Trump ended, that was Al Davis. Al Davis didn't want to be part of the NFL. He wanted the AFL to beat the NFL. And so when they merged, I think that that started a, a kind of personal uh and in the fact that Lamar, I don't think Lamar intended to do it behind Al's back, but Al refused to be a part of the diplomatic solution. And so, you know, when it happened, it happened without Al Davis. And consequently, the, he, he was left on the outside looking in and just never forgave Lamar for that. That that erupts to his hatred of the Chiefs. And so that leaks into his team's playing the Chiefs which kind of evolves into the, they've never been known for for how clean they play anyway right they're a dirty team right they've always been a dirty team and so when they play the Chiefs it got even dirtier and and that kind of erupted from a fan standpoint the rivalry it, it, it busted out of the boardroom out onto the field is what it amounts to these stories is real brought to you by physician aesthetic specialists little background of the reason why uh, you or your father have hated the Raiders. It's an unbelievable story. That's one of my favorite ones that we've done with Dan this year. They've all been really entertaining and really informative. That one right there puts the Raider rivalry in perspective. Al Davis is a jerk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our guy, their guy. Let's fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but that's, yeah. that's what you want, yeah. though. That's what made sports great when, when sports was starting in this country. Were those rivalries like legit owners hated each other and wanted to fight. We don't have that anymore. (laughs) We don't know how the postseason will unfold just yet, but there's one option Bob's very much not on board with. We'll get to that next. Fesco in the morning. Brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Every weekday starting at 1130 on Cody and Gold. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Because it's a Thursday, we'll get to our power rankings coming up at 7 o'clock. That's exactly right. The week's all yeah, jacked up. Wednesday feature. We're, we're catching up a little bit yeah. this week. That's all. We're just playing a little, playing a little, playing a little catch up. All right. We don't know exactly how the, uh, the postseason is going to unfold just yet. And it's not because of, you know, uh, unforeseen circumstances sure, this year. Rather right. than, wow, we're heading into the final week and the picture is kind of fuzzy. We, we actually don't know what the format's going to be at this point in time, right? Right. We and how no it's going to be uh, sorted out. Uh, but there is one scenario you don't like. Well, yeah, there is. If the Bills-Bengals is canceled, should Bills-Chiefs AFC title game happen at a neutral site is a, is a topic raised by the good folks over at Pro Football Talk. And the answer is 100% no. We're not, we're not doing that, okay? It is what it is. Whatever the NFL determines, however the NFL determines to move on, if they don't play that game, which they may not be playing that game again, the Bills-Bengals game, and they may end up going by winning percentage if the Chiefs win this weekend and everything kind of holds to form and everybody takes care of their own business, the Chiefs will have the number one seed based on winning percentage. And it just is what it is this year. I mean, we, we've talked about this two years ago, Josh, during COVID as well. How are we going to do things? What are we going to do? How are we going to, and we just kind of lived in the moment. And I think the NFL right now is kind of back to that 2020 kind of situation where you don't know what's going to happen minute to minute, day to day right now, 
but you have to have a plan in place. And the plan in place to me, as the, as, as the more I've, I've thought about this, as the week has gone on, you just don't play that game. You just don't play that Cincinnati-Buffalo game. It, it, we all saw what happened. We all know what happened. And it, it's an unfortunate circumstance, obviously, to see something like that happen on the field. But you have to be able to figure out a way to move the league forward. And I think, you know, as, as we're looking at ESPN and even NFL Network right now, they're talking playoff scenarios, what the situation's going to be potentially after this weekend. I just think you have to chalk it up to everybody played 17. You had 16 this year. Unfortunate circumstances. But this is what it is, and and we're going to move forward. And if the Chiefs end up with the number one seed, Josh, in in my opinion, I just don't think there's any way you even suggest playing that game at a neutral site. That There's no way that you should be playing that game at a neutral site. Football does enough with moving the Super Bowl to neutral sites. The championship games are what fans truly have to be there with their team as they're getting ready to win a title. So I, I appreciate the ideas that are out there, but I just don't like the idea of moving it to a to a neutral site if it is Chiefs and Bills. Yeah, I mean, it'll feel weird to me if the Chiefs get the number one seed other than every game being played because this league has been so good at being fair. Sure. Right? This league is really based on on, on fairness. You have a salary cap everybody spends about the same Mm -hmm. you have the same opportunities to win kind of every year it's it's built for for teams making quick turnarounds there's a lot of fairness involved in the nfl there really is you're right about that yeah unlike baseball baseball, right we know that there's some built-in inequities this is this has been a league that's been about fair and so when you when you get to and we we don't have committees to decide who's playing in the postseason, right? Or you know, like like college sports do. It, there, there's a lot of fairness that I like about the NFL, and this one to be. Uh, well, there's a lot of black and white in it. Right. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. One through seven. So, Boom. Let's so, go. Yeah. So when you move away from that, like you determine everything by everything on the field, and everything's kind of equitable, it, it does feel a little bit weird. And if the Chiefs were to benefit from it. Yeah, it would be the rules, but I, I get it. You feel a little kind of cringy about it. But um, with each passing hour, day, whatever, yeah, I don't know how they're going to, how they would make it up. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that there is an intent to back up the season. No, does not seem right? to be that way at all. And no. so aside from that, you just might have a hard time re playing that game right. and there are no guarantees the bills would have won that game on monday night when the game ended they were trailing seven to three and now it was early on in the game but everybody's assuming buffalo wins that game there were no guarantees that buffalo was good i we thought were cincinnati all, was we were all counting game, on right? cincinnati winning that game yes. a lot of us but but you know so everybody's just assuming well buffalo would have won that game well they were down seven to three when the game was 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 paused and ultimately canceled for the evening. So there are no you, you can't say, well, they were up 14 nothing or something like that. Right. So I just think it kind of is what it is. And, and quite honestly, I, I don't know if the players want to go back and play that game. I think they want to move on as well and kind of get that postseason started. And, and Buffalo, I'm sure will, if, if Kansas City gets the one seed, will use that as a motivational ploy. I mean, so what? We, we've won in Kansas City before, not in the playoffs, but, you know, you you can go out there and, and use that as, as self-motivation. And so I think those guys will adjust. I think the only folks that will be truly upset about it are the people on Twitter, <laughs> you know, and quite honestly, don't care what they have to say. It's an unforeseen circumstance. You have to make the best of it. And I think the NFL is trying their hardest to make the best of a really bad situation. Yeah, yeah. 
But I'm with you though. The neutral site thing is ridiculous. Yeah, like, I can't do that. You're 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 going to determine if you don't play that game, you're going to determine the order by what's set up, and that's the order. And you're going to play in Detroit. It's not. It's not. Well, that's the order, but. We're going to then play a newt? No. 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 Nah, you can't do that. No. It takes out the atmosphere yeah. of the game and, and all that kind plus, of stuff the NFL loves. Plus, just a little, don't open the door for the NFL to do this. Yeah, don't do that. No, because it was, <laughs> right. well, uh, yes and no. I mean, the, the NFL loves Arrowhead, and they love the atmosphere I, at, at Arrowhead. I, I, I you get know, it, They're not going to give that up you for know, Detroit. You know sports yeah, loves I know, you're right. doing this now, right? We. Uh, every we're dealing with it, the college ranks, right? Just play the games at at home. Yeah, venues, just play them on campus sites. Let's and go. So one of the be- again, another one of the beauties of of uh, the NFL and and actually to its credit, baseball is you're playing at home venues mm-hmm. as much as possible until the Super Bowl. Well, the NFL is the only one who takes its biggest game on the road, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like everybody else in professional sports, I, you're playing these games I at home. Never would want to open the door for them to think, well, how about the conference championship games are so big. Let's go ahead and move these. No, 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 no. Because they won't be that big anymore. They're big. They're powerful. They're exciting because you have that home crowd. Damn Rose Bowl. You ain't getting it. No, no, no. Nobody (laughs) wants to go there. Even the college football playoff doesn't want to go to the Rose Bowl. (laughs) 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.